Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy. Crime. LGBT. Thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery. With your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. Heard on 106.5 FM Los Angeles. 102.3 FM Riverside. And 1050 AM Palm Springs. So, Mark, now you have released uh, book number three in your mini-series um, about the Zodiac Killer. And uh, I know you were on during the first one. I can't remember if you came on in the second, but... Um, so here we are, part three, and this one, we find out the answer. <laughs> Correct. Well, Correct. That's, uh, that... book, book three of my trilogy came out September 27. Wow, I'm, I'm excited. And uh, what's the title of that, Mark, for the audience? The title is Exposed, the Zodiac Revealed. And what was the conclusion of your third book for the audience? Well, the conclusion of the third book is... I could understand the case in no other way than to uh, understand that the attacks and the letters had been um, carried out by Theodore Kaczynski, um, also known as the Unabomber. Well, as I delved into the Zodiac, I realized that there was a lot of staging going on, that there was a lot of dishonesty in the letters, which, you know, surprise, surprise a serial killer can actually be a liar as well and that uh, the perpetrator of the Zodiac crimes was actually a lot more intelligent than he let on. And the question for me was, well, how intelligent is he, and how much staging is going on? In other words, what could I tell about the case? On a, what, what can I reasonably say about the killer based on what he has shown us, and what that he has shown us is completely fabricated? Uh, I looked into a number of uh, individuals who have been pointed out by others as being suspects of the Zodiac. Um, I had wine at a winery with uh, one suspect. I 
corresponded with others and researched in the background of others. When I came across Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, I found out that a lot of the public information about the Unabomber, kind of the conventional wisdom on here on him, was not true. He is extremely intelligent, and the face that he has shown the public is considerably different than he is as a real person. And so the more I delved into him and understood him, the more I realized that he had a lot of similarities to the Zodiac. And bit by bit, I was able to make connections between the two and demonstrate for myself uh, on the basis primarily of literary forensics or forensic linguistics, the use of words, the use of language, that Ted Kaczynski is responsible for the Zodiac crimes. Now, I have a question for you. You said that uh, the perception of Ted Kaczynski is different than his true self. Um, how, how would you say that there, that is different? Most people's perception, and I include the, the media's portrayal of Kaczynski, is of a 52-year-old man who came out of a cabin and is responsible for setting bombs across the country and wrote the Unabomber Manifesto. That tends to be as deep as most people get into it. And that's understandable when people, when it was first publicized about the crimes of the Unabomber. What first came to light was the Unabomber Manifesto and the number of bombs that he had set. So people know the Unabomber as a scholarly person, a person who has put out the 65-page manifesto, who is uh, a neo-Luddite who does not believe in technology and is worried about the technological dangers of society. And that, that's kind of where it's left. Um, FBI profiler John Douglas realized, at least he published a book following the capture of the Unabomber saying that... Um, much of the claims of the manifesto were simply um, rationalizations for what he was doing. The truth is that serial killers kill because they enjoy killing. And proof of that is the fact that Ted Kaczynski set bombs for 17 years, set a total of 16 bombs, either set them in place or sent them through the mail for the purpose of killing people without saying a word about being concerned about technology, with a, without saying a word about being afraid of the dangers of the future or of uh, the need for environmentalism. None of this came out until 1995 in the publication of the Unabomber's Manifesto. And, and so for the audience, me. I'm sorry, for the audience, you said the manifesto came out in 95, but his bombings began in 1978, is that correct? That's correct, yeah. One of the facets uh, comparing the two that I find most fascinating is the timeline. The Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski, began bombing in 1978 when he was at the age of 36. When the FBI caught Kaczynski in Montana at his cabin, they were looking for somebody who was approximately 40 years of age. The, um, the idea being that serial killers almost invariably begin their work between the ages of 18 and 25. So they were looking for a 40-year-old in the mid-90s as somebody who perpetrated all of these bomb attacks for 17 years. 
they were quite surprised to find Ted Kaczynski being 52, almost 53, when he was arrested. Then the question is, well, why the gap in age? What do we understand about those 12 years? The start of the Zodiac murders, which I believe was in Riverside in 1966, was at a time when Ted Kaczynski was 24 years of age. Included in the timeline is Kaczynski's own words that in 1966, he went through a very severe emotional and philosophic breakdown in which he was so incredibly filled with rage that he decided that he could kill anybody he wanted to. He wanted to have an enemy. Um, he was looking for people to kill at that time. He was so filled with rage and anger. We're supposed to believe that he did not act on that in 1966 and instead became a Unabomber when he placed his first device in 1978. So when he was 36 years of old, old 36 years of age in 1978, he was quite a bit older than serial killers are when they generally commit murder. But the timelines of the two match up exceedingly well if you understand that the Zodiac started in 1966 when Ted Kaczynski was a uh, entering the last year of his um, doctoral studies and then uh, at the time he was interviewing in California looking for a teaching position he moved to California to become a professor at Berkeley from 67 to 69 the uh, the, the first canonical Zodiac murder happened in December of 68 when Ted Kaczynski was on Christmas break from his duties one month after that attack Kaczynski submitted his resignation to the school. His final day of uh, of being a professor was June 30th, 1969. Four days after that, the Blue Rock Springs attack occurred. Now, if you look at the two years following Kaczynski's time at Berkeley, they are kind of a lost two years in his life. It's very difficult to place him in anywhere specifically. He wasn't working except for a couple of years over the winter time. But during that two years following the following his uh, resignation as professor, the Blue Rock Springs attack occurred, the three-part letters happened, the more material letter, the attack at Lake Berryessa, the murder of Paul Stein, approximately a dozen letters, almost all of the letters of the Zodiac case happened up until 1971, March, I believe it was, when the Zodiac wrote to the L.A. Times, this was the last letter that the word Zodiac was used. This is the last letter that the, at least, at least last authenticated letter that the crosshair symbols was, was used. And why is that significant? Because a few months later, in June of 1971, Ted Kaczynski moved to Montana and began to build his cabin. Following the move to Montana, there's not a single Zodiac letter um, that's been authenticated that used the word Zodiac. There are a few that are considered Zodiac letters, but... Again, they were a different tone and, and a different style. So for the listeners as well, um, you were talking about that period of time, the two years uh, from 69 to 71. Um, we've heard a lot of talk of that Ted Kaczynski was in Illinois or that he was looking to buy land in Canada or he was looking to buy land in Montana throughout stretches of that two years. And there are some some people believe that Ted Kaczynski was doing the same thing 
that he did during the Unabomber uh, era, which was that he would surreptitiously disappear and uh, travel to the Bay Area to mail letters and things like that. What What is your take on that? Well, for the specific Zodiac attacks, the only alibi that Kaczynski has is his brother's words that he spent the entire summer of 1969 searching for land in Canada. And apparently during that time, sometime in 69, the brothers were together, did spend time in British Columbia, and did put in an application so that Ted could homestead on a piece of property given to him by the Canadian government. It was eventually denied. But the specific dates of that uh, have not been made available. And David Kaczynski's words on that have come into question. When exactly was he there? Um, following his time at Berkeley, Ted Kaczynski used his parents' address in Lombard, Illinois, as his home address. And that's led some people to believe that, oh, yeah, he moved to Illinois and he stayed there. Well, that's not the, that's not the case because his mother reported frequent disappearances or frequent frequently leaving without um, so much as saying goodbye or letting them know that he was going to be leaving. And then he'd be gone for a while, and then he would show back up again. He also sent a letter from Minnesota during that time, and he at least he showed evidence that he had been traveling and had been in Minnesota. And so exactly where he was during that two years is not, uh, is not very clear. There, there are two points that uh, we discussed earlier, one of them, being, you know, what the the mother said about him disappearing uh, without notice. Uh, you know, when he was during his Unabomber career, he would take a bus for a long stretch to uh, a distant place to mail a letter or get materials and things, so that it would be more difficult to trace back to him. So the theory is that he might have been doing the same thing during the Zodiac crimes. And then also, when you were discussing. Uh, the summer of 1969 with his brother, where they were supposed to be looking for land in Canada, um, there's some discussion about the fact that David said that, David Kaczynski, his brother, said that um, Ted had uh, forged a letter from one Berkeley professor to another, a forgery that he had uh, created as part of a prank, and that that's apparently took place sometime in the summer of 1969 and indicated that he was still there at that time. Yeah, one suspicion is that uh, Ted and David, following their time in British Columbia before going back to Lombard, Illinois, or before going back to Montana, actually drove to the Bay Area, spent some time there, and then went back to uh, Illinois. One um, piece of evidence in that is that David Kaczynski said that in August of 69, he did some camping in Nebraska with his brother. Well, going from British Columbia to Lombard, Illinois, the, the most direct route is not through Nebraska. It, mm-hmm. it would make more sense if the brothers had gone down to the Bay Area first and then driven across uh, Interstate 80 to get back to Lombard, Illinois. And, and another facet of that is that at the time, Ted Kaczynski had a library of approximately 200 books, and at some point, those 200 books made the trip from Berkeley up to Montana, and it's not clear exactly when and how that happened, whether they were mailed or whether they were brought up, but um, for that summer, supposedly David met um, Ted further west, and then together they went to 
uh, British Columbia, the question is, did the brothers drive back to Berkeley, spend some time in the Bay Area, and then pick up Ted's books and his other possessions and take them back east? And if that's the case, that would put Ted Kaczynski in the area for being able to send the three-part letters at the end of July and the um, more material letter a few days later into August, which um, a lot of people have pointed to those particular letters uh, disqualifying Ted from being responsible for the Zodiac crimes. Well, and I think it's important, as you were stating before, um, what this all comes down to is whether or not Ted Kaczynski has an alibi for any of the known Zodiac crimes or for any of the mailings of uh, Zodiac letters. And as far as I know, there's never been any definitive word one way or the other to prove where he was at any of these times. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. So one of the other things that I think is important to mention, too, uh, you know, most people probably haven't read a lot about Ted Kaczynski, and as we were saying, he, he went to great lengths to try to avoid leaving a trail that would uh, lead authorities back to him. And one of the ways that he did that was by taking long bus rides to libraries and other areas where he would not only mail letters, but I, there's stories about him uh, going to a, taking a long bus ride and going into a public restroom and finding a, a hair on the floor that he then put in a bomb later to throw off authorities and things like that. So Kaczynski was cognizant of the fact that he needed to um, go to great lengths to avoid leaving these trails. And one of the things that you had mentioned to me in a previous conversation we had was about the first uh, bomb sent by the Unabomber and what Ted Kaczynski did at that time to try to throw off the trail and make it seem like he was somewhere else at the time. Would you like to expand on that? Absolutely. That's a, an important point that you bring up, that Ted Kaczynski was incredibly criminally sophisticated. He put uh, false bottoms on his shoes so that when he walked around and left footprints, the footprints were actually smaller than the size of his foot. He wore disguises. He had clothes that he wore only for his attacks. He grew a beard and mustache and then would trim it back or cut it back so that he only had a mustache and shorter hair. He would go and commit an attack and then retreat back to Montana and um, hide himself from everybody until his beard and mustache grew back and his hair grew back. So people did not associate him with having shorter hair. And that's the way that he was uh, spotted in Sacramento, and a composite picture was made of him, showed a man with shorter hair and a, and a very trim mustache, mm. which would look very different than what Kaczynski was. So, um, And people have said, well, yeah, the, the, the Zodiac was smart, but uh, he wasn't as smart as Ted Kaczynski. Ted Kaczynski is a genius. <laughs> but then you have to say, Ted Kaczynski got caught as the Unabomber, the Zodiac serial killer has yet to be identified. So, you know, who who is the smarter of the two? Um, for the first Unibomb device, Ted was living in Montana and let his family know that he was traveling to Illinois to spend some time with them. He called them when he got to Illinois, and in the phone call he said that he was still in Montana or um, or, or he was not in Illinois. He led them to believe that he was somewhere else. Then he planted the first bomb in Illinois, and then sometime later showed up at uh, at his family home. So if the family had ever been questioned, 
when did Ted get here? When did he leave Montana? He had the perfect alibi for not having planted this first bomb. So he was very criminally sophisticated as far as trying not to get caught. In fact, he was called the junkyard bomber by the FBI when they first started to investigate him because all of the items that he used in the creation of his bombs were gathered from what could have been a junkyard. He used batteries. He ripped off the cover so that the serial numbers could not be traced back to the manufacturer or to a particular store that stored them. Mm-hmm. Any wires that he used, he he uh, took them from scrap from a lamp or from something that he had found, and uh, the the FBI could not trace any of his materials back to him. And that's a great story that you mentioned, um, Michael, that he went to the Missoula, Montana bus depot, went to the bathroom there, and found a black hair on the floor. He took this black hair and cut it in two pieces and put one in the fold of the, of some duct tape in one of his bombs and another one in the fold of uh, duct tape of another bomb, hoping that the FBI would find this hair and start looking for a black-haired person that had uh, different uh, DNA than his. We only know this because of his writings and his journals because the FBI never did find those hairs. Either the, they were blown up in the explosions or the FBI did not find them. But that's the, the level that uh, Kaczynski would go to to prevent capture. And it seems like a lot of the same um, strategies that Kaczynski used to prevent capture were ones that the Zodiac used as well. The Zodiac claimed to have worn a disguise. He claimed to only look that way when he did his attacks, but other times looked completely different. The Zodiac may have had particular clothing that he used on his attacks and used it no other time. The Zodiac was known to uh, get rid of any weapon and never reuse it again for a different attack. It was always a new, a new, a new weapon. He changed his MO. He didn't leave anything behind that could be traced to him all of the fingerprints that have been collected in the case and all of the various various items have never been able to be traced to somebody, so the Zodiac has yet to be identified, even here 50 years later. And I think it's a good segue here. For You mentioned uh, Kaczynski's journals, and uh, most people may not know this, but Ted Kaczynski kept meticulous journals of his crimes, um, but most of them were enciphered. They were in code. And it took the FBI some time to crack those codes and find out what was in there. And in one of his journals, there were uh, some categories that Kaczynski had created for certain material or certain content in those journals. And he had uh, categorized them as uh, some were embarrassing, as he wrote, um, which I guess were things that he thought would make him look bad if people found out about them. And then there was another category he used called bad public relations, which I'm not sure what that would be, because um, I find it hard to believe there'd be anything about Kaczynski that would be good public relations in that regard. Um, but then he also uh, mentioned past the statute of limitations. Now, of course, that means that, you know, certain crimes, there's a statute of limitations on them. And if you uh, identify the perpetrator after that statute has expired, you cannot prosecute that person. But as we all know, there is no statute of limitations on murder. 
So do you have any opinions on what he's referring to when he says embarrassing bad public relations or especially uh, past the statute of limitations? I'm not sure how he would categorize different things that he had done. What I find interesting about that document is the fact that a number of the things he also listed by what he needs to do with this evidence. Yeah. And for much of it, it was for some of the most incriminating evidence, he said burn or, or destroy, which tells us that he not only was cognizant of what was in his possession that would incriminate him in something, but also his willingness to get rid of something. He was not a hoarder. People have looked to the search of Kaczynski's cabin upon his arrest and said, well, there was no incriminating evidence of his Zodiac crimes. Well, that is true. I would point out that there were categories of items found in the cabin that point to or relate directly to the Zodiac. Uh, in the cabin were found disguises, clothing used only for uh, particular attacks. There were found codes and there were found bomb diagrams and actually created bombs. Well, all three of these categories relate directly to the Zodiac. Codes, disguises, and bombs. Well, nothing specific that links the Zodiac to, that links Kaczynski to the Zodiac, such as fingerprints or DNA or specific weapons used or specific disguises used. It's interesting that those same categories are present in the Unabomber cabin. If you went to do a search and searches were done on other serial killers like Jeffrey Dahmer or Son of Sam or BTK, you wouldn't find the same type of material that were found in the um, Unabomber cabin. So um, that to me indicates that there there is a relationship between the two. There are strong similarities there. And if Kaczynski was willing to get rid of material that would incriminate him, and he was concerned about his public relations image, and he was concerned about being embarrassed, uh, we are quite sure that he did not want to be classified as mentally ill or crazy. So he had every reason to distance himself from his crimes as the Zodiac. He was presenting himself as a scholar who had written this manifesto, and that was his reason for attacking. If it came out that he was also the Zodiac, people would say, yes, he's crazy, and no, the Unabomber Manifesto was not his, did not accurately describe his motivation for killing. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that about him being worried about being perceived as crazy, because I think in certainly most cases he failed in that regard, and that is how he is viewed by most people. But it's interesting because um, Ted Bundy, you know, the infamous serial killer, uh, was very keen on trying to maintain his image as a nice guy and an innocent person. And someone once said that uh, it was crazy how he pretended to be innocent in the face of overwhelming evidence of his guilt, and people often could not understand why he wouldn't just admit to the crimes. And someone who knew him once said that uh, it's an odd way of looking at it, but if Ted were to admit that he was a murderer that he had mental health problems and that he was not the person he had been pretending to be for so long, that it would uh, cast a shadow over every conversation he ever had with anyone, that he would no longer have a real self anymore. He would just be known as this murderer. And Ted Kaczynski obviously was not a social creature. Um, he isolated himself and spent a lot of time alone in his cabin. And 
apparently did not like people. I think, as you've mentioned in his journals, he's talked a great length about his desire to kill people. Um, but one of the things that I think is interesting about the aspects. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. So Ted Kaczynski's private journals, because, again, most people aren't aware of What's in there? Um, there are there have been theories that Ted Kaczynski cannot be the Zodiac because he was a bomber and bombers kill from afar. They're not up close and personal. Um, and the Zodiac was obviously an up close and personal killer who shot people and stabbed them. Um, and you know he confronted his victims face to face. But there are stories about Ted Kaczynski that have surfaced, surfaced over the years such as uh, a story about him waiting inside a car with a knife for a, a female co-worker uh, at one time, and uh, apparently he was planning to attack that person and changed his mind or something happened and he didn't follow through with it. There's stories about him uh, stabbing dogs in the woods around his cabin or shooting at airplanes, and then there's even a theory that I've heard over the years that some people think he was responsible for the shooting of uh, some worker who was out doing some sort of work in the wooded area around his cabin. So what, what do you think about that, those criticisms of the theory that Ted is the Zodiac, and what do you know about those incidences that I described or any others that I may have missed? 
Well, you're, you're very knowledgeable about this, Michael, because everything that you mentioned did actually happen and has been attributed to Ted Kaczynski, either from writings in his journal or from um, eyewitnesses or the evidence in the case. I, I find it really curious that people's knee-jerk reaction is Ted Kaczynski couldn't be the Zodiac because Ted Kaczynski killed from afar with bones and the Zodiac killed up close and personal. Well, that demonstrate somebody who doesn't know a whole lot about the Zodiac case. The more that you get into the Zodiac case, the more you realize that the Zodiac changed his M.O. from attack to attack, which is not not uncommon, but the rate and magnitude of change that the Zodiac experienced from attack to attack is, is actually quite notable. He used different weapons. He used different types of weapons. He used a tiny blade. He used a butcher knife. He used a 22 caliber weapon. He used nine millimeter weapon. And, and in some cases, profiles. he actually. I was going to. Sorry to interrupt you, Mark, but I was going to say it's in the in the first two Zodiac attacks, he just walked up and shot people. But in the third and the fourth attack, he talked to the victims and interacted with them, and especially with the people at Lake Berryessa, where he carried a conversation with them for a period of time and lied to them about his intent, saying, "I just want to rob you." And then obviously with the murder of cab driver Paul Stein, he had to interact with that person on some social level when he first got in the cab until they got to the crime scene. Correct. And so in Profiled, I make the observation that one of the the M.O.s of the Zodiac was that he changed his M.O. And he changed it dramatically and he changed it often. So to say that the Zodiac couldn't become the Unabomber is kind of strange in that light, but also the fact that following uh, the Zodiac sighting when he killed Paul Stein, uh, he be, he stopped killing. He stopped killing and became a letter writer. John Douglas, the FBI profiler, said that the Zodiac probably was very scared, and so he stopped killing up close. And what did he do? He started writing letters, and in the subsequent letters, he included two bomb diagrams. Well, bomb diagrams suggest killing from afar using bombs. So the Zodiac himself changed from somebody who killed up close and personal to somebody who didn't kill, as far as we know, and began to send bomb diagrams through the mail threatening to kill from afar. So to say that the Zodiac couldn't become the Unabomber is like saying the Zodiac couldn't become the later letter-writing Zodiac. Well, and I think it's also important to clarify that although the Zodiac did send uh, several bomb diagrams, there's no evidence that he ever actually planted any bombs or that any of the bombs that he claimed to have built that were ever used or exploded to the best of our knowledge. That is correct. That is correct. And then I would add that somebody who was obsessive compulsive like the Zodiac, who had threatened to send bombs to the mail, and over the course of a couple of years worth the letters, the society began to ignore him because the bombs were not real. He could not prove that they were bombs. He, It's conceivable that he obsessively began to think about bombing and became a bomber because of originally making those threats. Otherwise, you have to ask, how did this math professor who quit his job in 1969 a bomber in 1978. What's the what's the connection? People know Ted Kaczynski is. People know the Unabomber and have identified Ted Kaczynski as the Unabomber. But the question is, how did a math professor morph from being 
fascinated and an expert and a genius in math to becoming more interested in chemistry and physics, the, the, the fields that are required for creating bombs. Well, and I think, too, uh, uh, the Zodiac's bombing campaign, you know, he, he first he started out by immediately after the murder of the cab driver, Paul Stein, he mocked the police for not catching him, and then he said that school children may make nice targets, and he talked about shooting kids as they came off of a school bus. And then, of course, that created quite a stir, and then the police called him a sloppy criminal who left fingerprints and had been seen by witnesses, and then the Zodiac responded with a letter where he basically said, I'm not going to tell you when I kill people anymore. Um, I'm going to make my murders look like routine uh, robberies or fake accidents or killings of anger and things like that. And he basically said, you know, I'm upset with the way I've been treated. I think he actually said, I have grown angry with the police for their telling lies about me and then said that he was going to take his ball and go home. And that after that is when the bomb threats started coming. And unfortunately for the Zodiac, and if it was Ted Kaczynski, unfortunately for him, that also coincided with the period of time where authorities began to question the wisdom of publishing everything that he was saying, especially his bomb threats. So at the peak of the time when the Zodiac was trying to use these bomb threats to get attention was also, as you said, during a period of time when people weren't as uh, impressed or uh, afraid of him anymore and when the media and the police were suppressing some of those threats. So that might have contributed to why he, as you say, uh, became obsessed about making these bombs and using them. Exactly. That, that traces the situation very well. Now, for the listeners, because you and I had a, a conversation about this ahead of time so I could familiarize myself, and I, I have to say for the listeners, I have not read your books yet, but I am planning to. Um, but you had laid out some of the points that you think make Kaczynski a good Zodiac suspect. Um, and I'm just going to list the, the items that you said to me, and then if you'd like, you can comment on any of them for the, the listeners, especially the, the last one here. Um, you said that there are mathematic, mathematical elements to the Zodiac letters, which correspond, of course, to Ted Kaczynski, um, that there's the bomb connections, um, the Zodiac's message was similar in some ways to the Unabomber. Uh, words used by the Zodiac and the Unabomber were similar in some instances, words and phrases. And then you referred to categories of contents, which you mentioned before, were the codes, the bombs, disguises found in his cabin. And then the last one, which I found most interesting, um, and I was hoping that you could elaborate for the listeners and myself, was the connection or the possible influence or inspiration of Joseph Conrad's novel, The Secret Agent. Okay, yeah, you listed the six clusters of evidence that I found that connect Ted Kaczynski to the Zodiac. Um, it's been become a cottage industry to find some little similarity or some little idea, build a theory around it, and then publish a book on it, uh, how the Zodiac wrote a certain word that corresponded to how my grandfather wrote this word back in 1974, that type of thing. I, I wasn't interested in one little piece of evidence that I could build upon. What I found in exploring Ted Kaczynski was that there were these large clusters of evidence that pointed out that Kaczynski is probably responsible. One of them you mentioned was mathematics. If you familiarize yourself with the 
letters of the zodiac, you find out very quickly that there are a lot of numbers, a lot of symbols, there's a lot of vocabulary and phrasing that is reminiscent of a, a math professor. There are equations. Um, even the zodiac's crosshair symbol is not the symbol of a gun sight, which is how it was received and how it was interpreted when it was first received, because the zodiac in subsequent letters used these crosshair symbols in different ways. He made marks around the circle. He put numbers around another crosshair symbol. Why was he using these in a strange way? Well, the reason is because the crosshair symbol is a mathematical symbol that is a visual demonstration, a visual description of the the equation x squared plus y squared equals 1. Why is that significant? It's, well, it's, it's so basic in mathematics that it has its own term. It's called a unit circle. The and Cartesian unit, unit circle. And it's used extensively in mathematics and in particular in Ted Kaczynski's own branch of mathematics. Two of his published papers use the phrase a crosshair circle or, or, or a unit circle in the very first sentence of his paper. And um, so that's how, how significant it is. So as I got to know the zodiac letters, I began to realize that this person has a connection to numbers and um, the manipulation of numbers in mathematics. A couple of, the, of words, uh, the, the word radiance is used in the zodiac letters and it's used twice. Well, that's a very unusual word. That's a word that comes from... Um, comes from mathematics, is used extensively in mathematics, and in Ted Kaczynski's library that was taken out of the cabin, uh, not only is there mathematical books that make use of the word radiance, but Kaczynski wrote in his own handwriting radians in the margin of two of his books. So, um, so that's one of the clusters, that there's a mathematical basis to the zodiac and in fact um, the, the codes coding itself is a mathematical act, activity you look at all of the symbols that the zodiac used in his codes well these symbols come from mathematics and are used extensively in mathematical papers and mathematical descriptions and, and um, equations and will you talk you, a little bit you, about the secret agent oh yes yes secret agent it's a book published in 1907 by Joseph Conrad, who was a Russian-born Polish person who lived in England. And most people know it's him as the author of Heart of Darkness. That's correct, yes. Heart of Darkness, Joseph Conrad. He, um, it, it, that particular book, The Secret Agent, is a, it's more than a short story, but it's less than a novel. It's about 50 to 70 pages long, maybe a little bit longer. It was a very favorite book of Ted Kaczynski's when he was growing up. At one point when he was having problems with his family, he asked his family members to read The Secret Agent and take special note of the professor because Kaczynski told his family, you really need to read this to understand who I am and my priorities and whatnot. He claimed to have read the book at least a dozen times and I believe even attempted to write Joseph Conrad to correspond with him. Um, I could be wrong about that. I, 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 no, I, I think it's a different author that he corresponded with. Um, as you get to know the Zodiac letters, I found that there was a strong connection between the book, The Secret Agent, and the Zodiac letters. 
vocabulary, phrases, um, punctuation, grammar, uh, even even sentence structure, um, showed that it's quite likely that the person who wrote the Zodiac letters had been steeped in um, Kaczynski's, uh, steeped in Joseph Conrad's novel. Even even some of the strange things like uh, like the number thirty-seven, which occurs in the Exorcist letter. People wonder where he came out with the idea of where where he threw up the number thirty-seven, where it comes from. Well, it, it's present in the short story in, in the Secret Agent. The numbers nine and ten, um, the phrase "cab of death," and it goes on and on. And in my book, I list um, pages and pages of similar vocabulary and, and not only similar vocabulary, but identical vocabulary, identical phrases, and and, and identical punctuation. Well, if you don't mind me interrupting you here, I want to make sure we can cover uh, a few more topics before we run out of time. Um, I think for the listeners, it might be good to explain that, you know, the theory that Ted Kaczynski was the Zodiac has been around for more than 20 years. Um, as I mentioned to you earlier, uh, I remember in 1995 when the Unabomber Manifesto was published, uh, Newsweek magazine did a big story on it. They had a timeline in it and everything, and I was in New York in Washington Square Park with a friend of mine reading that and thinking, wow, this guy sounds like it's possible he could be Zodiac. And, of course, other people had that same thought. And then after Ted Kaczynski was arrested, um, a couple of people, uh, Doug Oswell and Michael Rusconi, uh, came out with their theory that Ted Kaczynski was the Zodiac and the Unabomber, and they published a book called Dr. Zodiac. And then shortly after that, uh, a man named Ken Mossbaugh came out with a theory that Ted Kaczynski was the Zodiac, and he also believed that Kaczynski was the mastermind between, uh, behind the Son of Sam murders and the BTK murders in Wichita, Kansas. And according to Mossbaugh, um, Kaczynski didn't actually commit the crimes. He recruited other people in a satanic cult to commit these crimes for him. And, of course, as we all know, uh, in 2004, uh, Dennis Rader was arrested and identified as the BTK Strangler, and most people who have studied the Son of Sam case will tell you that there's no evidence to suggest that Ted Kaczynski was involved at all. Um, so there's the theory's been out there for a long time, and those kinds of uh, theories or expanded conspiracy theories have been one of the reasons that it hasn't been taken seriously over the years. But I think it's important for us to mention also we, you and I discussed this the other day, um, that the, the Zodiac case, you know, we, we, it's an open investigation, and because of that, they don't inform the public on everything that they do. Um, they're not obligated to, and of course there are good reasons not to share information. But as far as we know, the FBI, the San Francisco Police Department, and any of the other jurisdictions involved in the Zodiac case have never made any public statements about the possibility that Kaczynski could be the Zodiac or any efforts that have been made to determine whether or not he was responsible for those crimes. Um, there are fingerprints in the Zodiac case that some investigators believe belong to Zodiac, and we have to assume that those don't match Ted Kaczynski or they, you know, they would have some solid evidence against him. And then also they have access to a lot of his handwriting, which I don't think we've noted here, but Ted Kaczynski's handwriting does look remarkably similar to the Zodiac's handwriting. Um, in some instances, I've seen some side-by-side -side comparisons where they're 
seem incredibly similar. But once again, you would think that the FBI and other uh, agencies would have made some effort to uh, compare his handwriting and have some experts look at that. Do you have any knowledge or any information you'd like to share about what efforts may have been made to uh, exclude Kaczynski as a suspect? Back when Kaczynski was arrested, and, and you're, you're absolutely right, I am not the originator of this theory that Kaczynski is the Zodiac. Uh, other people have talked about it and written about it previous. I don't believe anybody has gone into the depth that I have in looking at the, the evidence and finding the connections. Uh, the FBI did some work in looking into Kaczynski's role as the Zodiac, but that wasn't their primary duty when the Unabomber was captured. Oh, they had a lot more to worry time. about. Yeah. Their, their job was to put him in prison as the Unabomber and put him away forever. And uh, they had a lot of pressure on them because this was right on the heels of Ruby Ridge and um, Waco, Texas, where there were some incredible failures by the FBI. There was a lot of pressure on them to look very good, and they did a fantastic job. It wasn't their primary re- primary uh, responsibility to find Kaczynski's involvement in other crimes, whether in Montana or California or anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, they did take a little bit of uh, 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 some look into it. They didn't find a comparison in fingerprints, and um, they couldn't find anything definitive. Um, that said, I read a few in a few places on the internet that. Oh no, Ted Kaczynski has been eliminated as the, as a suspect in the Zodiac case. Well, I don't find that to be true. I believe the SFPD and the FBI were not able to make a case, but they have not, they have not come out and said, um, it was not, uh, he is not responsible. I've had some contact with Jim Fitzgerald, who was uh, a major part in the Unabomber investigation, and he indicated to me that when Ted Kaczynski was arrested, that some of the agents wanted to investigate him more fully for his responsibility of the Zodiac crimes, but Jim was convinced that it was a different type of killer, that they didn't, that uh, Ted Kaczynski didn't fit the Zodiac. So he told me, in kind of a proud manner, he shut them down. He did not want them looking into it any further. So, um, you know, take that as you will. Jim Fitzgerald has published a book in which he said that uh, Ted Kaczynski was not responsible for the crimes of the Zodiac, but he also told me personally that it wasn't looked into and he shut them down because it, it didn't make sense to him. Yeah, it's a little that contradictory. Needs, uh, it needs, well, it needs to be looked into more closely, and, and as you say, the, the FBI has not made a public declaration. Yeah, and I think we should mention, too, for the listeners that Law enforcement doesn't normally go out of its way to tell you we've investigated somebody and they're not the killer. You know, that's just not something that they do. But the other issue that obviously is going to come up, especially in, with modern forensic technology, um, I've often heard people say things like, well, why don't they just check Ted Kaczynski's DNA? And that obviously has uh, two uh, problems with it. One is being that um, the efforts to find definitive Zodiac DNA appear to be ongoing, and uh, we don't know for sure that they actually have any. And then the other issue is that, to the best of my knowledge, as we discussed earlier, um, Ted Kaczynski's DNA is not uh, available, or at least he has not provided a sample of his DNA, although they might have obtained it you know, from items in his cabin and things like that. There is no official um, 
Ted Kaczynski DNA sample that can be accessed as, as far as I know it's not in a database or anything like that is is that correct that is correct uh, a few years ago the FBI indicated that they wanted a sample of Ted Kaczynski's DNA because they were investigating him as being responsible for the Chicago Tylenol murders mm -hmm. and the fact that they requested a sample tells us that they do not have his DNA uh, if they do have it from letters and whatnot it was it was obtained at least 20 years ago and used using 20 year old techniques of gathering dna well now that the dna collection and dna analysis is far more advanced than it was 20 years ago they would like a complete profile and to the best of my knowledge they have not collected one you uh, corresponded with ted kaczynski i think you said that you had sent him at least five letters um, would you like to talk to the audience a little bit about that as we wrap up here um, and about the last letter that you got from Ted Kaczynski? Yeah, I corresponded with him over the course of about two years. A friend of mine said to me, well, why don't you just write him and ask him if he's a Zodiac? Well, I didn't think that was the smartest tack. Um, yeah, you don't want to give the Unabomber you your mailing address, by the way. Um. <laughs> Friends told me to be very careful with any packages I opened, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I didn't think the, the direct approach would be very good. His IQ has been measured at 167. Uh, he's obviously a super genius. Not the and wily Coyote kind of super genius, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to correspond with him under the guise that I was interested in his manifesto and that it moved something within me and that I wanted to take action but I wasn't sure how to do that and uh, he just ate up everything that I told him. I told him what I assumed he wanted to hear and I was absolutely right. So he sent I think a half a dozen letters to me and answering my questions about the manifesto and uh, in the course of the correspondence I noticed different phrases that he used in the the letters to me were reminiscent to me of Zodiac letters, and I uh, published some of these in uh, in my book, Exposed. The last letter I received from him was received after a friend of his apparently told him that I wrote about and I researched into the Zodiac. Well, Kaczynski was very upset with me and wrote a very angry letter. In some ways, it reminded me of the Exorcist letter. I could see a lot of anger of his in the the pressure that he put on the pen as he wrote on the paper and uh, the way he was very terse and he's not a person who's known to be able to express his anger and so what I got from him was as close as he could come to verbalizing anger but he was obviously very angry with me and um, he wrote the word Zodiac which I found quite fascinating because I lined that up with the Zodiac writing of the word Zodiac, and I also include that in the afterword of Exposed, looks very similar, the handwriting between that word and the uh, the, the Zodiac uses of the word. But Kaczynski also um, never denied that he was the Zodiac. In fact, he, he chided me for having an unwholesome interest in high-profile murder, which, <laughs> which was a little bit ironic. Uh, and and he never he never indicated that the reason I was writing him was because I was suspecting him of being the Zodiac. He never addressed that. He never brought that up, which is kind of curious because obviously if I'm researching and writing about the Zodiac, the only reason I'm going to write him is because of that. And 
uh, once he realized that I had no interest in the technology problem and in his manifesto, and he was he was being duped by me basically. It's well, and I think it's important the to note. The reason I was re- writing was for that. Yeah, and I think it's important to note for the listeners too that you know in that period of uh, in 1974 where there were some Zodiac letters that didn't use the phrase the name Zodiac, uh, and one of those he complained about the advertisement for the Terrence Malick movie, The Badlands, about the killer uh, Charles Starkweather. And he said that uh, he was complaining about the glorification of violence in the ads for the film. Um, And here he is, uh, Ted Kaczynski, saying that you are obsessed with high-profile murder cases as if he has some high moral ground in that regard. Well, thanks a lot, Mark. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and explain your theories in detail. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.